Alright guys, this is Kyle Klammer. And this is Zach Welch. And this is? The Good Life Bowhunter, the official podcast of the NBA. Yes sir, we're uh, here with a very special guest, Nick Munt. Nick, you just want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Yeah. Thanks for being on, man. <laughs> yeah, it's great to be here. Um, I'm Nick Munt, I, do, uh, I host the uh, Bone Collector TV show on the Outdoor Channel, as well as uh, the Realtree Road Trips television show, and in the past I've hosted... Um, a show called Survival Science. I did that with Laura Shera. And then uh, just recently, last year, we did a show that I was a part of called uh, Booger Bottom USA on the Outdoor Channel with Michael Waddell and T-Bone. And it was kind of all about Michael Waddell's family in Booger Bottom, Georgia, a bunch of rednecks. So um, that's kind of what I do. Um, I'm a hunter, and and uh, I love the outdoors. And um, I guess that's why I'm here at yeah, the at the bet. convention, you know. So it's yeah, uh, we're, it's we're been fun so far. You. Glad to have you, man. I mean, this is I don't you know I don't know how many uh, other state organizations you've been at for their conventions and things, but I always feel like we have a really good uh, following and just a lot of fun here every year. So yeah, I mean, this is a this is a a great one. I've I've done actually quite a few of them, and uh, I'm definitely very impressed with with this organization. It's the best one I've been to, and the turnout is the best I've seen. Um, I did the West that. Virginia. I did the West Virginia Bow Hunters Association a few years ago, and they had a really good turnout too. Yeah, they've got a real strong following, and um, you know, just to get bow hunters together in the same room and celebrate bow hunting, and um, you know, like-minded people, you know, kind of like us guys living the outdoor lifestyle, um, embracing hunting for what it is, and spending time with friends and family in the field. That's really what it's all about for me. And you know, I take my hunting very seriously, but at the same time. Um, I like to have a lot of fun, and that's mostly what it should be about. Yep. You know, a lot of people kind of get sidetracked when they yeah. think about hunting and make it all about the animal and all about the trophy. And they make their hunt, you know, whether a hunt is successful or not, kind of hinges on what they kill. Um, and I think maybe some of that has come from some of the stuff that you see on TV. You know, people take themselves awful seriously, and some people think you got to be able to bench press 400 pounds and run up a mountain and. Uh, that's not really what we think about at Bone Collector. We just want people to have fun, enjoy hunting for what it is, for what you want it to be, and uh, just enjoy it because it's fun, man. It's yeah, not absolutely. meant to be. It's not meant to be so serious. At times, yeah, we're serious when we want to get an arrow in something. Yeah, it gets kind of serious. But um, when it's all said and done, man, it's recreation, and and it's for each one of us to make what we want it to make. And whether you're a big guy or a small guy, or you know, white or black, or in a wheelchair, or can walk well, or run up mountains, you know, everybody makes hunting their own. Yeah. And so that's what I've always wanted to preach, and that's at Bone Collector. That's what we. That's kind of what our motto is. You know, do it, do it your way, do it how you like to do it, and don't let anybody else tell you how you're how you're going to do it because it's your time to be spent. So absolutely, that's kind of what we're all about. For sure. Yep. Yeah. I think that was kind of a long, long no, drawn out part. Fine, of it. No, that's <laughs> great. Yeah. <laughs> Nick, where are you yeah. from? And tell us a little bit of your story. Like, how'd you, how'd you end up where you are? And Well, yeah. I grew up in, in Spearfish, South Dakota. Oh, really? Um, nice. I'm a South Dakota okay. boy. Lived there almost all of my life and just recently moved to Minnesota. Uh, my wife was from Minnesota, and, and she was married previously and has two kids with her previous marriage. So um, the kid's dad lives there close. And so um, gotcha. just decided to move there because he's a you know we get along really good and uh the kids get to spend a lot of time with him too so it just made sense for me to move over there since yeah. i was single and um kind of was footloose and fancy free for a long time you know hunted all over the country and really was on the road for about 300 days out of the year um but uh in the early 90s after i got out of high school i went to barber school and, and i'm a barber by trade 
And so I kind of got my start um, in the barbershop, and then I met these people from Sundance, Wyoming, the Smiths. They own 7J Outfitters. And so uh, I started guiding for them, and we started to build a really good reputation. And uh, the guys from Realtree had heard about us, and they wanted to come and do a television show. So we allowed them to come, and I was really excited because I was going to get to guide David Blanton. And uh, so the very first day of the hunt, I took him out to a stand in the morning, and at midday, um, I sat him down and I showed him some of my footage. You know, I always had my video camera with me, videoed um, all the animals I saw when I was scouting and um, videoed my clients. Uh, Jeff and Deb Smith have five kids between them, so I videoed all their first deer and turkey kills and just ran a really good camera. It was kind of before this whole camera craze came yeah. around, you know. Yep. Yep. And uh, I was kind of one of the only ones in my area that was videoing stuff. And uh, so David really liked my footage and said, man, you run a really good camera, you know is there a chance we could get you to come to work for us? And that was just like music to my ears. So <laughs> I went to Jeff and Deb at 7J and told them that he had offered me a job. And so they, they, they gave me their blessings, but they asked me to work for them for one year. I was one of their head guides, and they kind of you know needed me uh, for the next season so they could find someone to replace me. So I worked there another year, and then Michael came and hunted in the spring with me there for turkeys. We got him his first Miriams. I videoed the whole thing, and from there we just hit it off. We were just like instant bros, you know. We were like buddies. And so... Um, Started videoing for Realtree, and uh, that, that went really well. And then after several years, we started the Realtree Road Trips show. And um, I got a little bit of an opportunity to hunt on that show, but most of all, I was in camp a lot, and I was running camera for whoever Michael would bring as a guest. So I would get a lot of, of uh, air time screwing around in camp, doing funny stuff, playing wiffle ball, <laughs> you know, all that kind of stuff. And yeah. so it was the first time that this style of TV uh, came to the hunting channel, you know, it came to the outdoor channel. So we really kind of revolutionized uh, the way hunting, ch hunting shows were filmed. And so it was a big hit and um, people just loved it. You know, Michael Waddell just blew into a, an icon, really. You know, mm -hmm. he's probably one of the biggest names in the industry of all time. Um, he's uh, just been so good to me and, you know, I'm not ashamed to say that I've, I've ridden Mike Waddell's coattails over the years. You know, he, he got me to where I'm at and, and the guys through Realtree. And so that's kind of how it all got started. And then one day Michael came to me and you know, he was doing so many appearances for Realtree and his persona was growing. And he just said, hey, man, I think it's time for us to go out on our own and start our own brand. So we really didn't have um, a name for the, for, the, for the brand and the show. We were just kind of trying to think of something and uh, he went up to the Thompson Center office to shoot what they were going to call a Michael Waddell signature series gun which was the Triumph and uh, he said man this thing's going to be a real bone collector and then that's where bone collector came <laughs> from so and, and the crazy part about it was he called me I had been to Africa and I saw a sticker on the on the back of a guy's truck and it said bone collector on it. I think it was a knife company or something and I thought to myself, man, if I ever get my own TV show, I'm going to call it Bone Collector. That's the crazy part about it. So he <laughs> called me one day. He says, I think I got the name for our show. I said, what is it? And he said, I think we're going to call it Bone Collector. And I said, you got to be kidding me. So I told him my story. And so that, you know, it was just kind of meant to be. And so yeah. that's kind of that's kind of where we came from, how it cool. all got started. So, yeah. yeah. So it's been a it's been a good ride. We're just getting ready to film our 13th season. And um, you 13 know, seasons yeah, wow it's gone super fast that's awesome so, yeah it's yeah, been amazing I, I remember <laughs> even as a kid watching it i mean when i was just oh, in yeah. middle school yeah <laughs> for but, sure yeah, 13 seasons that's that's pretty yeah impressive. so you know it's kind of crazy so kids that you know kids that were second third grade that started watching our show they're in college now and yeah. i got a lot more gray hair and you know 
uh, wrinkles than I did when we first started. So, but it's been a really fun run, and um, you know, it's just it's just nuts to me that our our grassroots following, our social media following, and um, just our our fan base all around is just as big as it's ever been. And I'm still just blown away by the amount of people that come to see us at appearances and shows. And um, you know, we feel like our our you know our people that come to see us are are exactly like we are you know we don't feel like we're any better than anybody we definitely don't feel like we're any better hunters um and we don't we don't call ourselves ourselves professional hunters at all you know in fact that's a that's a word that we hate we're just hunters and we're lucky to be here and have this platform and um so we're just you know we've been blessed we're super lucky and and we hope to keep doing it for a while um there's a lot of guys that would just love to be in the position that we're in and um, you know, there is a there is a work side of it that people don't get to see, you know, the long hours, um, the weekend appearances that we have to do like this one. You know, I'm gone all weekend sure. for my family. And um, there's a lot of stuff that you don't get to see on TV. You know, you get to see kind of the glamorous part of it. But there is a lot of work that comes with the job, too. So um, that's just a part that, you know, comes with any job working hard. And uh, we just we just love it. And it's it's been just something that's been really great for us. And. Hopefully we can keep doing it for a while because I don't really want to do anything else at this point. I'm just turned 47, so um, getting a little bit up. You know, I'm not old by any means, but uh, I don't really want to have to start a new career at this point. So we hope it keeps yeah. going. <laughs> Understood. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So awesome. Well, yeah. That's thank you. Uh, that's great to hear all that. I mean, for sure. Um, what uh, you want to talk just a little bit about? I guess you know. I mean, I know you do a lot of hunts, Nick. Like, t- tell us a little bit about some of your, I guess maybe some of your favorite hunts that you've been on. Um, you know, I know you're going to probably touch on some of this during the banquet, but um, if you yeah. if you have any cool stories or anything that just like really jumps out at you, that would be it'd be a yeah. You know, one of my one of the greatest hunts I've been on. I just had this last year. Um, I went with some friends to Alaska on a do-it-yourself moose hunt. Oh, well, yeah. We, I, remember, uh, I remember this. We go to a we go to a place that's 150 miles in the middle of nowhere, and um, it's a 10 day season is all. So the great part about that is, is is our spot that we have secured up there. Nobody will ever get to hunt it until we don't want to go there anymore. We've got it locked in, and um, it's just an amazing place. You know, you see moose two, three, ten, fifteen miles away. It's on the top of a mountain where we sit. Mm-hmm. And uh, this year was just a phenomenal hunt. We called in uh, three big bulls. I shot mine with my bow. I shot mine first. And it actually, um, we just scored it the other day for the first time. Um, I shot it in September. We just ended up scoring it here, um, like right right here at the end of February. It scored 227 and 6 eighths, which would make it number nine all time. Pope and Young. And I don't, I don't, I don't <laughs> suspect it'll stay there. I think when we have it officially scored, it'll probably, you know, they usually come in a little smaller. Um, so mm-hmm. even if it makes top twenty, you know, that's a big yeah. feat for me. You know, that's and yeah. my cameraman was able to shoot a, a really beautiful fifty-eight-inch uh, bull. And then the cool part about this hunt is we took three eighty, we we hunt with three eighty-year-old guys, and the place is called Geezer Ridge because these old farts <laughs> that we hunt with. And uh, my old buddy George. He shot, he carries a pistol with him every day out there, you know, because there is bears. And he carries a model, uh, uh, Alaskan model, Smith & Wesson 500 um, Alaskan Special. And uh, he shot a moose with his, his, his pistol. It's something he's always wanted to do. And there was a moose that was right behind camp. We called it in. It was a 58-inch bull, and he ended up shooting it with his pistol. 
And so that was a, that was really awesome to be with George when he shot his his bowl. And That's awesome. It kind of sounded like a shootout at the OK Corral. He shot it about ten times, but <laughs> he he finally brought it down and unfortunately went to the bottom of the canyon, where he shot it the first time. He actually dropped it on the first shot, but it got back up. And where he first shot it was only about 150 yards from the airstrip, so we were all oh. pumped. And then all of a sudden, it ended up at the bottom of the canyon, and oh, no. they're huge. You know, each one of those moose is about 22 pack loads of meat, and then you got the horns and the cape. So. You know, packing three moose out, and then my buddy Mike, that is from Alaska, he shot a grizzly on the last day, and I hauled the I hauled the hide out, and it was about 150 pounds. So wow. my knees were really sore at the end of the hunt, still yeah. sore actually, um, but just a lot of work. But just the thrill of getting three moose down in camp was just amazing. And then actually, one of the days while we were in camp, the caribou were coming through, and they weren't actually in camp, but they were across the valley, and everywhere you looked across the valley, there was caribou. And that herd in that area is about, they say, a little over 80,000 now. They've done a great job managing that herd. And it was just cool to see all those caribou just feeding everywhere. Yeah. And there's some nice bulls. And, but that was a, a really memorable hunt from the year. And, um, you know, just one of my all-time greatest memories. And, and probably one of my best trophies just because it scored so high. And it's just a, the video of this bull is just amazing. It, it comes up through the trees. And, it, I mean, a seven seven and a half foot animal at the shoulders you know with horns are sticking up 12 foot high i mean it's yeah. just a behemoth of a critter coming through there and just to yeah. see that all take place and then and be able to stick an arrow in it and it went down in 25 yards just pretty it's awesome incredible. but when you get up to it man you're like yeah. holy now what am i gonna do you know yeah, yeah. no <laughs> so, I, i've heard that just the sheer like you know volume of meat and and animal that's there you know you don't really you don't really think about you know i mean until you've until you're in that position where you know I know they always talk yeah. about it. I listen to other podcasts where they're saying like, yeah, I mean you know yeah you know and moose is big, but like until you're actually there and 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 you're having to do the butchering and you're just like holy cow, oh, yeah. this thing and is it, gigantic. And it's like you, you think about an elk, you know, and how they seem so huge. Yeah. I mean, you're talking double the size of like oh, an elk, yeah. and it doesn't really hit you. I mean, Absolutely. until you're yeah, they're twenty two pack loads. They're oh, just cow. literally when you get down there and you try to flip them over just to get a picture you know kind of get their legs up underneath <laughs> yeah. them and get a yeah. good nice picture of them uh. it's just like i mean you can't even believe it and the crazy part was so after after you shoot a moose in alaska you have to get all the meat off yeah you oh have yeah to salvage as much as much meat as possible including the ribs so we got all that stuff out of there and then you know the cape you know you leave the back hide but the cape itself probably weighs 100 to 125 pounds and then the horns are probably 75 pounds god but the crazy part about it was we left you know the spine excuse me the legs um the the back hide um there's a pretty significant amount of animal left attached you know because you take everything off like sure like the leg bones and everything are still attached to the hips and and it's still heavy it still probably weighs four to five hundred pounds everything that's left you know because we really you don't you don't take the the guts out of it you know you you take the back straps out from the top yep yep and uh so the bear that we ended up shooting was actually eating on what was left of that carcass and it drugged that carcass probably about 40 yards and then made a huge mound five to probably five feet tall but just the way that bear just manhandled that carcass and brought it over and it pulled every piece of hide every leg um and put it in this mound and then we shot the bear you know off that mound but 
just to see the sheer power of the bear, you know, how, how makes much, you feel pretty small. Oh my yeah. gosh, yeah, and it was just amazing. <laughs> but like... the moose itself is just such a big animal that when you get down to it, you're just you're like they usually try to call them up as close to camp as possible. Mm-hmm. And so this bull, I was there a couple of years ago, and I kind of knew what these moose did when they come in to try to get your wind. And so I knew I had to get down in this hole where they really don't like to shoot them. So I knew I was going to get in trouble after I shot it, but we got it out of there, and we're still alive to tell the tale. I probably have to have knee surgery, but <laughs> so it's pretty amazing. They're a big critter. Yeah, how'd that uh, how'd that taste? Uh, moose meat's good. It's really good. You know, yeah. it's uh, it's real similar to beef to me, um, but the the fat doesn't have the flavor. You know, beef yeah. beef fat is really flavorful, and yep. the moose meat doesn't. You know, it's not marbled like a like a, a beef cow. You know, um, but really good meat and a lot of it so a lot of it a lot of it um i brought home about 150 pounds but a lot of i just left with my buddy up there and you know when you kill three you got a lot of a lot of moose meat and so they have a bunch of families they distribute them sure they keep they keep a bunch for themselves to get them through the winter but then they distribute it to a lot of families so um that's one of the great things about the job is get to go and and hunt a lot of different places but also get to give away a lot of meat and so a lot of the deer hunts that i do um uh, luckily, we're in rural areas, so incomes are fairly low, and and everybody likes meat. So, uh, when I shoot a deer, say a lot of places um, like in Nebraska are, are pretty rural, and uh, I used to hunt a lot by Valentine, and one of my best friends is from the Rosebud Reservation, which is just north of there, mm-hmm. and um, I always would. Uh, my buddy Kyle Metzger, who just walked in here, um, he uh, he and I would just run up to the barn. We'd hang the deer. Um, debone everything put it into baggies and then i would run it up to my my buddy's sister up on the res and so um, we have a lot of people that take meat and so that's usually what i do is i just debone it quick put it into baggies and then throw it in a cooler and take it to somebody and they're happy to get it and that's kind of nice too because then they don't have to to mess with cutting it up and everything it's already cut up and ready to go and so it's it's rewarding to shoot the animal it's really rewarding to give it to people that you know are going to use it and and need it so that's a good thing about being a hunter for sure for sure so, um, what about you guys? Did you do any? Did you do, get any hunting in last fall? I mean, <laughs> yeah, we did it. We both did pretty good, did? actually. Yeah. What did, we, you, what did you end uh, up getting? I shot a pretty nice whitetail and a mule deer, both. So, okay. Yeah, within about four or five days of each other. Really? So, in November? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess it was November. Okay. Been like first week of November, I took about a week off from work and went back home, and yeah, awesome. yeah, shot shot the mule deer, and then about just had finished butchering it all up, and next day I had the right wind. I'd put up this new stand and. Went out and sat in the morning and actually literally shot this whitetail at four yards. No kidding. Like four yards. It was, it was, I, I, I don't know if I've been shaking that bad since, I guess, probably. But (laughs) (laughs) I mean, when that, I mean, it's something about, you know, you shoot one at 15, 20 yards, fine, but like, man, like when, you know, and I could tell, I could see him coming. I'm like, crap, I really hope he doesn't come on this trail. You know, he's, I was like, man, maybe he'll go on this, you know, nope. He just like, and so I actually ended up, I mean, I wasn't that high up either. I was what, maybe 10, 12 feet in the air. And, um, I had to wait as he's coming down the trail. I'm like, how am I going to draw my bow on this thing? You know? And, um, I think I probably told the story on, on here, but that's okay. But, um, I was, uh, you know, I'm trying to think of how I can draw my bow. And, and I see there's these two little oak trees. I mean, little, I mean, they probably, you know, six inches in diameter i was like all right when he goes behind those i'm just gonna have to draw like quick and so he walks right and at this point he's probably 15 yards you know (laughs) and he goes behind these trees as he's walking i just drew real quick and he 
never even saw anything. He no just kidding. walked right by four yards. I mean, literally awesome. stepped it off after I'd shot him. I was just like, and he, yeah, shot him. He ran maybe 50 yards. I watched, watched him, him pile up, down. which was yeah. really cool. So oh, that is anyhow, cool. Well, congratulations, yeah, yeah, Thank stud, you. That's, stud white that's tail too. Yeah. What about you? Zach so I, I killed uh, two white tails here in Nebraska, a Wyoming antelope and Nebraska antelope. Yeah. And I got to go on a coos hunt over my Christmas break this yeah, year. For really? School, yeah. So that, and you were successful that was, on that one too? No, it came dang okay. close, but okay. yeah, it was just uh, do it yourself over the counter, and that was that was some tough hunting. But man, I I learned more in that week of hunting than I did in probably the last season combined. So well, that's great. Man. That, it sounds like you both had a good season. Yeah, it it was. I, I definitely can't complain. Pretty pretty blessed with the opportunities I had this year, considering I I just started PT school yeah. here in Kearney this oh, fall and okay. got uh, I was pretty busy, but still managed to hunt a lot. So yeah, I had a pretty good season so good got to hunt a lot with my family too and that was that was the highlight of it yeah. so yeah yeah, yeah that's sure. great i've got a couple young kids um our our son jack is 11 and um he uh he's getting into it you know um he shot a couple turkeys the last few years in the spring um two seasons ago behind my house we have just kind of this little field with tall grass so he loves tractors and he loves to work so we borrowed his grandpa's tractor and we mowed it and burned it and then he drug it and he spread the seed and drug it again and we got a good food plot going and then he ended up shooting the doe out of the food plot with his muzzle loader and um, you know this year we did a little bit of hunting um, temperatures were pretty cold um, and he didn't really want to go out too much you know it's zero and below zero so um, he didn't get a deer this year but uh, he's getting into it more and more and we'll do some turkey hunting this spring and I think our, our middle daughter, June, she's eight. Um, I had her out two springs ago and called these two gobblers in right to the decoy. And <laughs> I just kept telling her, you got to shoot one, you got to shoot one. And she just never got shot off. And then they walked off. And then I was, you know, I get all excited and worked out. I was like, sure. what, what happened? You know, and she's yeah. like, I just couldn't get a shot. And yeah. you know, I, my cheek was hurting, you know, and this and that. And she's making <laughs> up all these excuses. Well, coming to find out when we got home, her mom said, well, what happened? And she said, I just didn't want to shoot one. <laughs> so she'll, I think she'll go out. Last year I gave her the opportunity. She didn't really want to go, but I think she's going to go this year. Yeah. I think she's, she's into it a little bit more. And so, you know, getting these kids out and getting them involved oh, is, is a great thing. And that's what we need to do. More Turkeys of. are a great avenue for that too. Yeah, like we were, yeah. we talked about that on another podcast, just like getting kids out and, and turkeys are perfect Absolutely. for that because you can be in a blind they could be moving around you know and yep. it's like the weather's yep. usually nice weather's nice yeah, yeah yep. exactly and you can conceal them when they start to come you yep. know a lot of times if you're sitting out in front of a tree and they wiggle it's over you yep. know so exactly blind hunting with kids is the, the way to go you can bring yep. a lot of snacks and yes the let snacks. them watch cartoons on your maybe phone. not potato chips yeah. but you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah but anyway we always <laughs> say you know we always say people always ask us what our favorite types of hunting is you know and T-Bone, T-Bone always says, you know, he's he, he really likes bow, bow fishing a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I always give him crap and say that's because the fish don't run when you when you crinkle the Cheetos bag, you know. <laughs> so that's why yeah. he loves bow hunting so much. But, yeah, yeah it's fun to take kids, man. For Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, talk about, uh, I mean, I know you, you know, did a lot of, obviously, you know, a lot of people here in Nebraska, you know, we do a lot of whitetail deer hunting. I mean, any, uh, I mean, I know you harvested a few deer last year. Um, yeah. You know, just want to talk about it. Some cool hunts last year, or cool encounters, or anything? Yeah. You, so one yeah. of the one of my really fun hunts was here in Nebraska. Um, I hunted over by Scotts Bluff. Oh, um, nice. A guy just let me hunt his ranch, and 
went in there. It's about a 5,000 acre ranch. Um, he's got a couple big center pivots on it. So there were quite a few mule deer around. Um, not, not like really high numbers, but enough deer. And I went a couple days before and did, did some scouting, found a couple of nice deer. And then uh, opening day, the wind was blowing about 50 miles an hour. And it was tough, man. We just couldn't find anything. And when we saw a deer, it was spooky. They flew, mm-hmm. just flew out of there. So the second morning we got out there and I was actually a little bit discouraged that I didn't see more. And second morning was just a whole different world. It was 15 degrees and frost on everything. And I found a group of deer and this big buck that I shot was laying in the middle of them. And so we kind of snuck in on them, but I couldn't get quite close enough. So I had to back out and I made about a mile and a half circle around and got up on a mesa up above them. And they kind of fed right out of this little area and came right below us and, um, made a good shot on the buck and awesome video he was a 28 inch wide um real heavy horn four by four beautiful you know probably like 170 inch buck yeah that's nice and um, man yeah it was just a really a fun hunt and uh you know i'm just always blown away by the amount of wildlife in nebraska you know there was we were hunting south of the river so there was literally every day thousands and thousands of ducks flying around there's a little pond on the property that was completely covered you couldn't see it you couldn't see water it was just completely covered in ducks so you know we were seeing ducks and geese and cranes and you know we were um seeing whitetails and mule deer and saw some elk on the property so it was just a it was just a great that's hunt cool. you know, i was there yeah. for about five days and met some really great people and that's that's kind of the great thing about nebraska it's it's a lot like south dakota you know people are down to earth yep. you still got that down home kind of feeling to it and trusting people you know and so um i love nebraska and and i definitely will try to hunt here every year just because the people are so great and the the opportunities as a hunter and a fisherman are just phenomenal here you know everything from all the big game basically you know you got whitetails mule deer elk antelope bighorn sheep uh, (laughs) turkeys all the upland game great fishing all the waterfowl i mean like you can't find a better place you know so it's great and the habitat you know, if you're a if you're a guy that's into habitat like me, you know, you drive down the road, and you just look in these fields and in these creek bottoms and just go, wow, you know, there's yeah. a giant living around there somewhere, you know. Yep. So that's I, I love Nebraska. It's and been great. Such a diverse state too. You know, I was talking about. I was just I was just watching a, I don't remember. I think it was the, one of the hunting public uh, uh, YouTube videos or whatever. Mm-hmm. They were they were just talking about they were hunting Nebraska. I think they were hunting for Merriam's turkeys out in. Uh, northwest uh, probably up by fort robinson or something but anyways yep. they were just they were talking about just the diversity of the landscape you know as you right. move across the oh, state yeah. you know a lot like south dakota exactly you know but like, i mean yep. you know Same down thing. in the southeast part where it's you know a lot of uh, rolling hills and trees and river bottoms and then you know you get to you know big river bottoms like where we're at right now on the yep. Platte river and then yep. get a little farther west you get up into the pine ridge or the wildcat the hills by there. scott's bluff yep. and yep. so i mean it's just kind of a cool state i guess it just is a cool. lot of, a little lot bit of diverse yeah, yeah, yeah so. sportsman's paradise, man. It's For a pretty, sure. you know, I wouldn't say a uh, well-kept secret is pretty, you know, kind of <laughs> accurate, but I don't want to say that because yeah. I know there's a lot of people that hunt here, but it's a, it's a, it's a mecca for wildlife. Yeah. Yeah. We're a flyover state. We're okay with that. Yeah, so. no yeah. kidding. Let's keep it that way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'll keep it a yeah. secret as long as we can. I did that for South Dakota for years and years. I never did any shows there uh, just because I kind of wanted to keep yeah. my state a secret. And, uh, so then I started seeing other people doing shows there, and then I decided, well, I'm going to start. So then yeah. I started doing a bunch of shows there and shot a lot of nice deer on camera. And my buddy Kyle Metzger, who's who's here from uh, Newcastle, Nebraska, he filmed a bunch of those episodes. And, man, we laid them out up there. So there were some years I had two, three tags, you know, and 
um, just kind of know how to work the system to get those leftover tags and stuff. But and we had some great shows up there. Shot some great mule deer and, and uh, whitetails, and you know, it's just like here. There's just wildlife abounds, and I mean, it's truly God's country. You know. Yeah. yeah so. For sure. It's For good. Sure. Love it here. Yeah. So. Yeah. Definitely. Anything else, Zach? Or, yeah. Well, I guess uh, you kind of talked about hunting with your kids earlier and how, you know, kids, I, I know for, I can say anyways, kids grow up watching your show and stuff. Uh, do you have any advice for, you know, new hunters or kids or anything that you want to add? Yeah, you know, it's pretty it's pretty intimidating if you come from a non-hunting family to get into hunting. Um, you know, the, the whole aspect of getting a gun and sh- learning how to shoot it, how to load it, what bullets to get, what scope to get. Um, and on the same side for archery, you know, it's intimidating to get into a new bow and learn how to set it up or take it to a bow shop or even just to shoot and learn how to sight it in. I mean, a lot of people don't know that you follow your arrow with your sights. You know, if you're shooting left, you move left. If you're shooting low, you move low. Um, a lot of people don't know that. And so there's a pretty big um, intimidation factor when it comes to getting into it. And a lot of kids that come from, say, like single home families or uh, non-hunting families that want to get into it, it's really important that we try to get those kids involved. And so typically when I do a seminar, I speak at a banquet, and you guys will hear this tonight, um, I talk about getting new pe- people involved in hunting. And that means the kid down the street that comes from a good family, but they just aren't a hunting family. You know, get those kids out into the woods, get them into a blind, and teach them how to shoot in the backyard with your kids, and get a BB gun in their hand, and teach them gun safety. And you know, it's just our job to get these kids involved because we're losing hunters like crazy. You know, our license sales across the U.S. is down almost three million. Mm-hmm. Um, people aren't getting their kids into the woods. You know, with all this instant gratification. You know, we got cell phones and computers and iPads and iPods and all this crap that kids can do. They just aren't getting into the field as much. You know, when I was a kid, we caught frogs and snakes and turtles, and you know, we hit pine cones with sticks and we rode our bikes and. I was down at Spearfish Creek catching trout and, yeah. you know, um, getting a, a snorkel mask on and swimming up underneath stumps and hand-grabbing <laughs> trout. And, you know, there was times I'd even go down to our city park. We had a big cliff in the park, and it had a, a ledge up underneath it, and I would just get my dip net and go right up underneath that ledge and just get a whole <laughs> net of fish. You know, it wasn't legal, but, you know, I just spent a lot of time in the outdoors, and I can't tell you how many snakes I caught in my life. And these kids these days, they just don't do it. You know, yeah. they're not out in they're not out in the country and they're not you know doing things outside so it's really important that we try to pass this down to the next generation because it's slowly slowly going away and uh you know we feel like at bone collector it's our job to bring in new hunters and a lot of a lot of ladies don't hunt but they support what their husbands do and um it's important for those ladies to express to their friends when they're at coffee or they're shopping to that hey you know hunting is a good thing you know my yeah. kids do it and my husband does it and even though I don't do it I appreciate it you know we eat the meat and it's a good thing and brings our family closer together you know on the weekends we're on the lake in the boat we're out you know at the cabin hanging out together and our kids are good kids they're goal-oriented kids um, that uh, set goals and meet goals whether that you know buying a new bow or or uh, building a food plot to shoot a buck over you know um, Hunters are very goal-oriented, so getting these kids involved to us has been just a, a really huge focus on what we do, and so it's really important. Awesome. No, well said, for sure. I mean, I, uh, you know, we've talked about this multiple times on the podcast, too, just 
exactly like you said just you know getting kids out and um it's just so important you know i i think about you know my personal experience with you know i grew up in a hunting family you know and i often think about like you know how you know what would i have been a hunter like and i you know i don't know like i mean probably not like it it's, yeah. it, it's exactly like you said you know like it's it is intimidating like yes. it is it you know like it is to you know get a bow and to get it set up and and you know to to know you know how to know where do i put a tree stand or where do i you know where where do the deer how do the deer behave i don't know you know like unless you're you know unless you've kind of been taught that stuff or you know so i I just i mean i it takes years and years of knowledge to figure it out so if we can help people get involved and get them get them you know feeling comfortable about going to the bow shop you know there's a lot of people adults included that just have too much dang ego to just go and get some help you know yeah and that's what it takes you know just leave your ego at the door and go into that bow shop and say hey guys i don't know what i'm doing yep i want a bow hunt but you know you're gonna have to hold me by the hand you know i'm kind of the same way with my finances you know i don't know anything about investments or anything like that and (laughs) so i need somebody to really hold my hand to get to get me involved in some of that stuff but um you know it can be intimidating and then you know some i've been to bow shops too where the guy in the bow shop is just kind of a sometimes a little bit arrogant Mm -hmm. and it's like oh well you don't know what you're doing you know kind of make you belittle you almost a little bit and so i think some of those people need to be kind of put in their place too you know we need to we need to address that as well and and tell those people hey you know this is this is something that everybody needs to be doing and we need to get these people in and you need to welcome into your your shop teach Mm -hmm. the the people that don't know what they're doing and be a good mentor to the people coming up you know don't be a know-it-all and and they need to kind of check their their egos at the door too sometimes you know because yeah. i've i've been into bow shops too where it's not a very welcoming um atmosphere sure yeah. sure and exactly. so i think that's pretty important definitely yeah absolutely yeah so excellent um well geez nick thanks so much for, for being here yeah uh, yeah you know, we sure appreciate yeah, you honor, coming on man. and uh you know getting some of this recorded but you know i, I know you got other things to do so i just want to give you a chance to just give us any closing thoughts um or zach if you have anything else uh, i don't know yeah okay well i was just gonna say um you know like i said a little while ago you know try to get somebody new hunting whether it's uh that kid down the street or maybe there's even a lady that lives down the road from you that's never been hunting that would like to and her husband doesn't hunt maybe take her with you and get her in a blind um and you know becoming a, a member of a conservation organization is a really big thing you know people don't realize kind of what some of these conservation organizations do from Whitetails Unlimited, the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, the National Wild Turkey Federation, um, Ducks Unlimited. There's a lot of different ones. And so uh, Safari Club, um, what these guys do is they fund lobbyists, um, young attorneys, hungry attorneys that are in Washington. And they're there bumping elbows with our senators and our congressmen and our lawmakers. And they're keeping them up to date on the issues, the facts, and they're really there fighting for our rights. So it's a really important thing that you become some kind of a member of a conservation organization because the money that you're spending on that is not only going to protect habitat, to conserve wildlife, um, to police areas, to uh, educate children. Um, it's going directly to Washington to fight for our rights as hunters, as Second Amendment, Second Amendment owners. Um, so it's really important. You know, and that's one of the things that I you know, like to tell people is just become a member of one of the conservation organizations or all of them yeah yeah, if, yeah if you can that's great you know but uh, i really appreciate you guys having me the nebraska bow hunting bow hunters association um 
I never thought I'd be in the NBA, but here I am, you know. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> so thank you, guys. Yeah. This well, has been really a great, a great event and super nice people, down-to-earth country people just like me. And um, I just can't say enough about this organization. So thank you so much. Yeah, you bet. Thank, thank you. you. Appreciate yeah. it for Glad being on. So. Excellent. All right. Anything yeah. else? I don't think so. Okay. Thanks, Nick. Appreciate yeah. it. Thank you.